Welcome to Programmatics, a podcast about programmatic advertising. Each week, we dig into the magic and mysteries of the ad ops industry. I'm your host, Alicia Rosen. Joining us today is Aram Zucker-Scharf, the Director for Ad Engineering of the Washington Post, to help us break down the life cycle of the ad delivery process and really explore the future of audience targeting and data privacy. So thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. To start off, do you want to share a bit about your background and how you stumbled into ad tech? Sure. Um, basically, uh, a long time ago, a couple of elections ago, I was a journalist and um, I was also working on the tech side of things, building out reporting stories, that type of thing. And after some interest in building projects in a different way, I got more and more involved in the tech side and then the strategy side. Um, and interested generally in like what makes news organizations function and how their code derives from what it is they do and what the unsolved problems were. And it turned out that the biggest unsolved problem is the advertising for publications. Um, a lot of them not really having great approaches or, or uh, not thinking through or having specialists on that side. And so we set up a uh, doing more ad tech in time when I was at Salon. And um, eventually I sort of started writing about what I was doing there. And that connected me up with Jared Dicker over here at the Washington Post. And that brought me to uh, working in ad tech here at the Post. Okay, it's really interesting. Uh, today, I really just wanted to get your take on uh, a few of the major trends today, you know, from cookies crumbling, um, the expanding scope of privacy regulations, and, you know, maybe the return of contextual targeting. So I read a quote today that I, I wanted to share with you. I thought it would be really interesting for a conversation. It said, uh, never be afraid to trust an unknown future. And in 2020, I think that it's very clear there are known unknowns and, you know, unknown unknowns. Um, so I think maybe a really great starting point is for you to maybe give a brief breakdown um, on how data is collected through the programmatic ad delivery process and how different players in the ecosystem, you know, end up controlling that data. Sure. I mean, I think there's like a lot of different players within the ecosystem, but the basic breakdown being something along the lines of like, we execute on the publisher side a request for fill, and then that goes through a waterfall of various uh, sort of concepts or various agents depending on what's configured. So we have some, like we go first to direct sold, then to programmatic guarantee, then to different programmatic possibilities, and then to the open exchange. Um, and in that process, we depend, we'll make you know, data available to users uh, or rather to ad tech companies. And um, generally, depending on what our configuration is, that could be some scale of information about uh, the content, the context, um, what brings the user to that particular page, and information that's booked against various sort of third party and first party data. Um, I think that, you know, there's. <laughs> I was just told that the latest Lumascape updated it to somewhere around 8,000 different um, advertising technology companies. <laughs> so th there's a lot of programmatic vendors that can technically be engaged in any particular 
um, showing of an ad. Um, That can be anything from like uh, people who are, who are functioning at a DMP level. Um, Those are, there, there are a number of DMP companies that are essentially responsible for sort of being like a Facebook pixel, but for um, uh, third parties uh, where they collect information about users across different platforms. Um, There's contextual data, there's, um, all sorts of information that comes in from data matching on the advertiser side. I mean, I could go on uh, into various parts of this chain for hours, so I'm not sure where you'd like me to sort of, of course, dig in. Really interesting for just on a super basic level. Um, I don't think users understand that the data collected on them could be as simple as Milwaukee Bucks fan, you know, some super simple information like that. And I think it's also really interesting that that information could be collected and then not really offered back to, to publishers. And I think it's creating, you know, this kind of data leakage, this whole loop that, you know, I don't think users are seeing. Yeah, well, I think one of the exciting things uh, to jump right into the question of how like privacy and the, the crumbling of cookies is changing these things. I think one of the exciting things about like the more privacy focused future is how much it helps uh, publishers in that specific regard. Um, One of the big problems, especially if you were a small to medium-sized news site, was that advertisers would identify users on your site um, and then use that identification to market to them on cheaper locations. Um, Walt Mosberg over at uh, Verge talked about this when he was first setting it up. Um, There's a great quote he gave in an article about that. But Um, One of the nice things is that in the near future, as data moves to mostly into first party control, right, where we have publishers making the decisions about what user data to collect and what user data to make available for targeting, um, that information goes under their control. You no longer have the ability to target um, a publication's user outside of that publication um, the way you can in the infrastructure of ad tech right now. Yeah, I recently read uh, that the technical replacements for cookies are complex, political, and not finished yet. (laughs) But, you know, everyone was speaking about how, you know, maybe this could be a blessing in disguise for publishers, and that's something you just hit on, you know? So, you know, in your opinion, who are the obvious and not so obvious winners and losers here? Well, I think that, you know, like you said, a lot of it's very much unfinished. One of the nice things that um, happens because of uh, working for the Post is I get to interact with the W3C and we work a lot about um, the groups I'm in are specifically working on what is supplanting the cookie. Um, How can we sustain certain business practices while also assuring that users are more private in their experience of the web? Um, And I think that, you know, the thing is, there's definitely winners in the form of our users. Um, I think the main thing to remember when we look at what the future of privacy is going to be as publishers is that uh, we represent our readership, you know? Um, Whether, (laughs) the thing about the ad tech stack as it stands now is 
we have all of the responsibility to our readers and none of the control that that responsibility should give us. There's all of this stuff that happens in the programmatic domain that happens when the user interacts with our site that can cause bad ads to occur, malicious activity, um, data collection that users might not want. And to some degree that really is out of uh, publishers control, especially smaller publishers that don't have the ability to invest in advertising technology, knowledge or engineering. Um, and the good thing about the future, more private future is that we will see a version where we can have conversations with our readers, decide on standards, decide on how we want to collect data, what data we want to collect and how we want to use it and be able to hold every partner in the programmatic chain to those standards because they will no longer be able to um, pull in that data without uh, publisher's consent, nor will they be able to um, be able to try and collect that data across multiple sites in the way that they did before. I think that's a huge win for publishers because it means that we can uh, have the responsibility we have to our readers fulfilled in a way that was we sort of gave up on back when um, the first iteration of ad tech, the one we live in right now, launched. Um, so much of, I think, bad advertising technology came out of the fact that publishers were not involved mm -hmm. in the generation of the ad tech ecosystem. Um, basically, between like the early 2000s when Google AdWords became more and more focused on um, user users versus contexts all the way up to the present, right? And this is just the way it has evolved. Um, and while it's tempting to blame a single entity for that, I think it's more that there is an ecosystem in which publishers chose not to have involvement. Um, and one, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and one of the things that really excites me in terms of like winners and losers here is that publishers are starting to realize that this is an opportunity for them to rectify the mistakes they made decades ago, um, right? We are here 20 years from basically, almost 20 years from basically the foundation of what created the modern advertising technology stack. Um, and we are sitting in a very pivotal point where we could change it, um, where we can make it so that it makes sense for how publishers work on the web, which is where most of good advertising um, should be going, right? And, and I don't think it's controversial to say that like the winners here also are advertisers. In the programmatic system, um, advertisers can sort of find cheaper places for their ads to run but right. we are sitting in the aftermath of that now. We're sitting in um, the brand safety problems, the problems of having your brand show up next to um, racist things, the problems of brand safety that are come from not knowing what your ads are going up against. Um, these are all big problems that advertisers have been seeing and that the programmatic ecosystem as it currently stands doesn't have tools that it can really solve. Um, things like ads.txt are interesting or ads.cert are interesting, but it's very easy even now to start up a random site, especially if you're looking at it as a black hat, um, to start up a random site and essentially defraud advertisers who think that they are putting themselves up against legitimate content. Um, yeah. 
And being able to move towards a more contextual world, I think means that we will have less of a value on um, algorithmic behavioral selection of news and more value put towards the actual news, um, which I think is also a big opportunity and improvement for publishers. Yeah, uh, let's talk a little bit about what comes along with contextual targeting. It's like strategic uh, keyword planning and making sure, like you said, brand, uh, uh, your ads are brand suitable and making sure that we live, you know, we live in a cancel culture. If you have one misaligned ad, you know, <laughs> it's all up in the air for you. Um, you know, what do you think about those? You know, I've heard a lot of pushback um, from people suggesting that uh, contextual targeting won't help advertisers, you know, in their quest to reach, you know, their real target audience or it won't help publishers uh, achieve and maintain high CPMs. It won't help them reach their ad revenue goals, you know. Is contextual targeting the future or <laughs> is it what we yeah. have? I mean, it, it's the future and I mean, you know, there's no neglecting first party data either on publisher's side. Mm -hmm. But I think the main thing to think about is uh, a lot of people reference the study that Google did that showed like turning off uh, user targeting dropped um, CPMs by like 50% or something like that. But the problem is like those approaches exist in the world we currently have. Um, but a future in which third party cookies go away, in which we have to deal with all of the regulatory requirements from GDPR and CCPA and all of that stuff, and in which we see browsers oriented towards a more private, uh, privacy preserving version of the web mm -hmm. means that we have an entirely different reality, right? I think the thing to remember is that a more private web isn't suddenly going to make marketers stop spending money on marketing, right? Like yeah. the, the money will flow regardless. The question of is how can we provide opportunities that meet what advertisers need um, mm -hmm. in that new environment? And I think the idea of contextual with more detail is important. The mm -hmm. idea of understanding like what opportunities more metadata information and joins can give us is important. Um, and the idea of having sort of uh, standard terminology is important so that advertisers can understand better what they're targeting. Um, but, and also first party data that is collected by publishers with the consent of users out of a direct one-to-one -one relationship mm -hmm. is I think something that's far more valuable as something to be that's worthwhile targeting than what we have now, right? What we assume about users who hit sites that is collected as they track themselves across the web through third-party cookies requires no relationship with that user and does not necessarily fulfill accuracy. And also like is very reliant on a lot of assumptions about what demographics are interested in, in specific things. Whereas when we have a readership relationship with a user from a publisher perspective, we can take a lot of that uncertainty out of the equation and provide um, some degree of user targeting, of course, with their consent, with the privacy preserving measures that are in place, that is not only more accurate, but more useful to advertisers. And I think that's an interesting place to be as well. Um, 
I mean, I always think about like my, uh, my sister is uh, a neuroscience student. And when she goes to check her Google ads or her Facebook ads, or uh, mm. a lot of these exporting tools give you the ability to check your own profiles, right? They all assume she's a 40 year old man um, <laughs> because like she reads science articles and that's what they assume scientists are like, right? And so there's like the idea that that type of assumption and that type of data is more valuable than contextually based insights combined with what we know from a personal relationship with our readers. Um, I think that's illogical. And it's just, we live in a world where that assumption is the basis on which we've built an ecosystem, but the right. future is not that world. You're right. So, you know, how can publishers offset the impact of the loss of the cookie, you know, establishing first party data, uh, subscriptions, logged in users, you know? Yeah. I mean, Providing incentive and reason for users to log in, regardless of whether it's for a subscription or not, I think is important. Um, there's a lot of interesting conversations in the future of web, um, like uh, groups that are having uh, in the W3C that are around like the idea of understanding user logins outside of the concept of um, like is registered or not. Um, mm -hmm where like you can provide other reasons for people to log in um, that allow them to be inside of your systems. Um, and those, and there are tools that allow that to happen anonymously, tokens, um, various ways, other types of federated anonymous login. Login with Apple is a good example of like some of the first steps in that direction, where the idea is we can understand our users against the context of our content um, without tracking users, um, which I think is an important distinction to make, where we can say our context um, is leveraged relative to how our readership interacts with it. And, is, and you can advertise against it based on that. And I think that's the way a lot of publishers should be looking, um, along with more detailed context. Uh, there's, and there's lots of reasons and value that gets out of that. Um, one of the big places people can invest in, I think, is around more structured metadata for their site. Um, JSON schema is like a great example of how that can pay dividends where it'll improve your performance in something like Amazon Echo or Google Assistant or Apple Assistant or Siri, whatever because they use that structured data, it can improve your performance in search. And then it leads to building out the structured metadata that is useful for advertising targeting as well. Um, in a future where that metadata is the primary methodology um, which ads can be targeted by. Right, you know, you mentioned earlier, um, you know, everything I feel like is coming full circle, but earlier mentioned uh, GDPR and I remember uh, in an article you wrote, I think you mentioned an ad age headline that also is always stuck in my head. I think it said like, GDPR will rip the global digital advertising system apart. Um, so, <laughs> you know, what stage are we in of that right now? Because I think that uh, it has enormous implications also CCPA on uh, the United States. Like, will we see a federal law come down? Uh, I really don't think it's any small matter that I think California makes up something like 14% of the US GDP and uh, the 
you know, the countries making up the EU are collectively the US's largest trading partner. So I think there's enormous implications and uh, I'm looking to Washington to see what's going to happen, uh, you know, as far as a federal law. Yeah, I mean, the hope, I think, is a federal law. Um, <laughs> but I'm not sure we're going to see it uh, very soon. Um, even no matter what way the election goes at the end of this year, I think it's difficult to see how that's going to happen like very soon. I think what publishers should be prepared for and what advertisers and ad tech firms should be prepared for is the idea that they're going to have to support sort of a rainbow of laws across different states, um, which means having and building out and thinking about how to build out versatile privacy supporting mechanisms for all sorts of regulatory needs. Um, GDPR and CCPA have some similarities and also some very big differences that require us to think about how we deal with uh, our privacy respecting technology in different ways. Um, and the thing to think about as we look through this is like, what does it mean to build products in a way that gives us the least amount of extra work for whatever the next version of the state privacy law that we have to handle is. And I think that these privacy laws in general are greatly impacting the industry in the sense of fear more than the actuality of it. Uh, mm -hmm. The unfortunate truth is enforcement right now is pretty poor, both in Europe and in California. Um, and so we're not seeing consequences yet. And I think a lot of the ad tech ecosystem has gotten so used to being a black box, they think they can get away with um, basically paying whatever the whatever you call the engineering equivalent of lip services to these laws, right? <laughs> um, but I don't think that that's uh, something that'll continue in the future. I think we have yet to see the big disruption that regulation is going to bring to the ad tech industry, um, like GDPR. So, so many of the the ad tech companies um like some of them were already dealing with privacy laws from like a state level um some of them were already dealing with uh like gdpr conceptually some of them have gone forth and claimed gdpr has doesn't apply to them and and go continue with that claim and then you have some like facebook they're just like well if our servers if we pull all of our servers out of the eu area then we don't have to deal with this law um and I mean, I'm not a lawyer, <laughs> so I don't know how legitimate any of those claims are. Um, but they certainly have put us in a place where we don't necessarily, where we don't, where we haven't necessarily seen the full disruption that regulation can bring to the, the ad tech industry. I think that we'll see real enforcement in the next few years, especially from the EU. And when that happens, um, things will really start changing. And I think uh, the CCPA is sort of this broad template law that a lot of states are looking at to see how it, uh, how it, the legal decisions and the court decisions sort of um, end up in the next year or two. And then that's where they're going to build their laws against. And that's going to be very interesting as well. I mean, a big change, like, a big change 
is still happening. CCPA is like just yeah. <laughs> still in motion. Um, we just got a bunch of decisions from um, the the attorney general there in California about how to enforce it that are changing things. July 1st, right? Or I mean, once again, I'm not a lawyer, so I really couldn't tell you, um, which itself is like is telling about what, how far we are from that real disruption happening. But even with that, like the decision making about how the law applies is something we are still in motion with. Um, And so we see that as like the, the whole ad tech industry might have a huge pivot. I mean, just the idea that we have to respect default browser settings for do not sell, which was something that we didn't until a couple weeks ago, um, where the AG said our interpretation now says you do have to respect browser level default settings. And we don't even know, like the industry does not even know what that means exactly, right? Like, and we won't until a bunch of different companies make a bunch of different decisions in public about how they're going to respect that. And until somebody gets upset with one of those decisions and and leverages a lawsuit. Um, Right. I think whatever is to happen out of that is still to come. And the same with the disruption that comes out of the end of third party cookies. Um, While we see some browsers have already sort of, ended third-party cookies in all real respects. Others have not. Um, and the consequences and impact of that is still unclear. Um, like I said, though, I think I'm, pers- I'm very excited for both of those things to sort of finish off their development process and end up with how they're going to be um, from here on out, because I think they represent opportunities. Um, I recently said that the main thing for that publishers need to remember is that um, the web and the ad tech ecosystem as it currently stands was not built for us. And mm-hmm. I think any change in how, it, in how it's required to be built in the future can only be advantageous for as long as we are involved in it. Um, and it looks like that might be happening in a way that it did not happen in the first generation of advertising technology. So is there anything, can, if you were to give us, you know, a snapshot of what 2021 might look like as far as programmatic ad tech, give me something. <laughs> well, I think, you know, these changes are slow in coming. It'll look pretty much like it is, it does right now. I think the real change is coming by 2022 or 2023 when we see the end of third-party cookies for real. Um, <laughs> I suspect, like, I think Google proclaimed its target for Chrome is 2022, but things have been delayed for obvious reasons. The world is a little crazy right now. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, whenever that occurs, which is probably sometime around 2022, 2023, um, that's going to be a big deal. And I think that probably regulation will have gotten itself into something a lot more formidable by then. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say that the big changes are going to be around how, uh, in 2021, the big changes are going to be around 
respecting user interests for privacy less than any regulation or technical requirements. I think one of the really important things that all of the work that Apple has done has proven as of late is that while there are definite like people who are very well informed and very active about <laughs> privacy and privacy respecting information, um, the regular consumer will put their money against things that protect their privacy. The regular consumer who does not understand the intricacies of ad technology still right. understands that privacy is something that they can get and that they desire out of the products that they purchase in the software that they use. Mm -hmm. And that I think is going to be the big change that's going to impact in 2021, where we see um, a good example is like my most recent phone purchase now anonymizes my Mac address. Um, and there is no reason to do that except privacy from ad technology, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's what that's for um, in any really major to scale reason. And there's a lot of products that are doing this sort of quietly but surely. Um, Apple is obviously selling a number of its products on the basis of privacy respecting mechanisms. Mm -hmm. And so I think that represents like a big change. Right. No, I'm, I'm really happy that we got a chance to talk today. In 30, 30 short minutes, you kind of summed up and hit the nail on the head and everywhere that I, was, that I was looking for. So thank you so much for your time today. And I hope we'll be in touch soon. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, it was a pleasure talking with you. I'm glad. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Programmatics. I hope you loved today's show. Be sure to check out www.geoedge.com to see how we can empower your ad ops team. Bye for now.